0: But in terms of like what podcasting does that Twitter and, and blogging don't do for me, and I didn't anticipate this, um, and actually, it's I think it's what I do like about Twitter, but podcasting does it even better, which is that as a quiet and reserved person, I don't think people feel like they know me very well. And I think I come across as pretty standoffish, like if you meet me at a conference or something like that, I'm just not quick to get to know. And so I think the podcast helps make me more human in people's eyes, like people who listen
1: Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here with data thug James Heathers from Northeastern University and a very special guest, Samin Vizier, who was an associate professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, and co-host of the Black Goat Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes!
0: Finally happening!
2: (laughs) I have wanted to do this for ages. Um... There is a ecosystem full of people who are actually in science who do science media stuff. And I said a while ago, I want to have these specific people on the show so we can talk about the basic shit that we do without it being some kind of massively self-indulgent episode. So we've got <laughs> someone who actually has real opinions. Hello, me.
0: <laughs> Hi.
2: How you doing? Uh.
0: I have a lot of opinions.
2: That's, a, that's a, You're, you're going to fit right in. Um, Some
0: of which I'm willing to share.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. We
1: don't have a legal department, so you're on your own with that <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I think it makes sense just by asking, to begin with, why do you actually podcast, Samin? How did it all get started?
0: I do it because Sanjay made me, mostly um so Sanjay and Alexa both independently told me that they wanted to do a podcast and I was like, cool, you guys go for it. But yeah, it have fun out, with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so Alexa had talked to me about the idea of doing a podcast herself, like not with me. And then Sanjay came up with the idea of the three of us doing one together. And that sounded appealing to me because I, I'm I'm quite low on talkativeness usually. So having two co-hosts and having one of them be Alexa, actually both Alexa and Sanjay are quite talkative. Um, so I was like, I, c- I could do that, right?
2: Uh, for people, for people who don't, kick. for people who don't know the goat, tell us very briefly about who these character of questionable bastards <laughs> are and how it works.
0: So Sanjay Srivastava, Alexa Tullet, and me—we're all social and personality psychologists, um, all kind of very, basically mid-career, I would say. Um, yeah, we we started a podcast almost exactly a year ago, actually, and. We talk about me- meta science and replicability and academia and life and work life balance, stuff like that.
2: Uh, so, general general scientific life stuff. But,
0: you know, yeah. you're, all, you're all
2: Terry's. You're all Terry's. Terry's? What? Oh, sorry, a t- I'm on a, a big. I've got a big key and peel kick because of all this um, oh, okay. methodological terrorism bullshit. They have an amazing oh, sketch. Yeah, yeah. so i continue continual continual references to Terry's. Um, nice. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm also half Iranian, so I think it's especially apt in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle
2: Sam, if you're listening, that was a that was a joke. Do not yeah. go round to Samin's house with an enormous bag and a dude in a mask. No, I feel like no, you have to specify. Not. People write e- emails to me all the time. It's like, go, oh, so James, you're a methodological terrorist. Like, Do not write
0: that fucking word in emails you send <laughs> to my work <laughs> account.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> always call it the T word.
0: <laughs> oh. I was I was banned from Canada for a while, and I was telling some in friends of what? mine about like. They asked me a million questions if I try to go. Now it's a little bit better, but like they want to know the title of my talk, what room it's going to be in, et cetera. And I was telling some philosopher friends of mine, and one of them was like, oh, well, that better not happen to me because my colloquium talk is called, Is Terrorism Ever Morally Justified? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs>
2: oh man yeah i'm, I'm sure you'll we get should a-
0: do one on: is methodological terrorism ever morally justified that would be an interesting question
2: oh is it ever morally just is it ever morally unjustified he said yeah. waving a flag taking off his pants mm-hmm. and screaming how about a sensible question dan you do those
1: <laughs> well i think um you know, blogs and, and social media are starting to have qu- quite an impact in uh, biomedical science and in psychology, um, whether the old guard like it or not. And, of course, we could spend our time doing blogs. We could spend our time on Twitter. Um, but why why podcasting? What, what value do you think podcasting has within this kind of media ecosystem? Yeah,
0: it's interesting. Well, I don't think I would have thought to podcast if Sanjay hadn't suggested it. And actually... I basically had never listened to a podcast. I'd listened to Serial on a road trip once, and that was it. Mm. Um, and actually, so then when Sanjay suggested it, I started doing some research and so- found you guys' podcasts. And I emailed them frantically, and I was like, you guys, this already exists. Like, we should stop now because it's already one. <laughs> um, and there were, yeah, at that point, at least, I don't know, 20 or 30 or 40 episodes already. And so I was, like, trying to listen to something. I was, like, every topic that, you know, had gone through my mind is a topic we might talk about you guys had already talked about. And so it was really interesting. I was, I was nervous about what you guys' reaction would be because mine was, like, we shouldn't do this. So I thought, well, you're probably going to think, like, they shouldn't do this because we're already <laughs> doing it. So I was so relieved by how gracious you guys were when we entered the scene. Um, but in terms of like what podcasting does that Twitter and, and blogging don't do for me, and I didn't anticipate this, um, and actually, it's I think it's what I do like about Twitter, but podcasting does it even better, which is that as a quiet and reserved person, I don't think people feel like they know me very well, and I think I come across as pretty standoffish, like if you meet me at a conference or something like that, I'm just not quick to get to know. Mm. And so I think the podcast helps make me more human in people's eyes, like people who listen I think they, and even honestly, like I think even my parents, like I think even people who know me well. Your parents you know, listen like, to I your just, podcast? Yeah, my mom does. Oh, yeah.
2: man. I oh, I don't yeah. think my parents know this podcast exists oh, my, and I my have mom, no plan like, on telling them. <laughs>
0: yeah, my mom reads like Sanjay's blogs and she like sometimes chimes in on Facebook about replicability issues. Hey. And, Whoa. Yeah. So, Go mom. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty into it, which is good because it, it is kind of all I ever talk about, so it helps us have a relationship. <laughs> right but, on. Was, is, yeah, was your mom I, a scientist? Is a scientist? No. No, she, was, she started off as a French teacher, so she's French, and she taught French as a second language to foreign students. And then she did some translation, and then now she's a therapist, actually. But she's pretty, like, huh. skeptical. So I'd study personality, and my mom is pretty skeptical of, like, the scientific study of personality and the idea that you can like put numbers on people's personalities and things like that. So we have some pretty different views about that aspect of science, but she, she, it's been really interesting watching her uh, like reason through the meta-science stuff and yeah, it's cool.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good watching everyone do that. I I think Dan has a very similar experience to you as a, a, a person who can generally be found hiding, um, preferably behind, b- behind objects with a reasonable degree of opacity. I mean, this this lets him express his true inner arsehole.
1: And um- <laughs> you've got you got me, Heather's. Yeah, I, I, I totally find I, I find the same sort of thing in that. Um, it just gives you a, a medium of expressing yourself, which I think gives much more freedom than blogs. Um, mm-hmm. I do blog occasionally, but I tend to overthink what I'm writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think within, when you're writing a paper, there's a very clear structure of what you're doing. Yeah. There's an introduction, yeah. m- methods, results, and conclusions. Um, whereas when it comes to blogging, it's a lot more freeform. So, quite often, yeah. you're, you're writing, you're, you're second-guessing yourself, um, you're, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing all these things. But when it comes to podcasting, you're just discussing stuff. And I think yeah. one of the main reasons that, that, James, that James and myself started is that we found we are already talking about these things. Um, we are already talking about these things over Slack Um, And uh, we thought, um, you know, (laughs) we could do screenshots of our Slack conversations, but a lot of it would just be uh, gibberish from James from his fat fingers touching too many keyboard, uh, too many keystrokes. But we thought, well, let's just record this stuff. And um, perhaps people are interested. And we found a lot of people who, and this is kind of an unexpected thing, they go, I thought I I was the only person that was experiencing this. Mm -hmm. I think James and I both um, came from a large psych department. That's where we did our PhDs. Um, we're both now moved to, to to large departments as well, and people are talking about the stuff that we're talking about commonly. But a lot of people are quite um, are quite isolated where they are, and we've got right. a lot of messages of going, "Ah, oh, I didn't actually think. I thought I was the only one." So it's yeah. nice to actually hear this reassurance that there are people. There's a community of people who are discussing these things. That,
2: that yeah, is definitely. that is my favourite part of it, frankly. When someone writes and goes, oh, "I feel like I'm not going mad now because you two dickheads," there's uh, sort of <laughs> that's that's my favourite. That's my favourite sort of psychic motivation to continue because you know i've 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 a sort of a a broad embrace of many forms of media in which yelling generally
0: occurs
2: (laughs) so this is this is the only one that's really sort of helping anyone everything else is more just sort of to keep my blood pressure down
0: yeah i think i mean i think blogs have their place too like I like having you know I've I think I've like tweeted your blog James on like I can't remember which one it is but one of them that explains why you guys do what you do the data thugging but it's nice to have a thing to point <laughs> people to who may not like download and listen to your podcast but they can spend five minutes reading your blog so I think both are good but what I yeah what I really like about the podcast is the first person voice which is also what I liked about blogging like when I started blogging I thought Like you can't, you can't have that kind of first person voice in your scientific articles. Um, And so blogging felt like a relief for that reason. And then podcasting is just that times a thousand.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. We are going to take a very quick break and we'll be back soon. Hey, it's Dan here. You're probably wondering why we've taken a break so early in the episode. Well, I've got a really good reason. It's because my wife started to go into labour. So, as you can understand, I had to leave our chat early. My wife and I now have a healthy baby girl who's just turned one month and we couldn't be happier. So, I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode with James and Samin.
2: You do something public you end up with this weird kind of private public crossover that happens sometimes yeah, yeah. and yeah. is that do you find that at all difficult to navigate because i know yeah. some people do and i don't give a shit so i'm interested in what happens elsewhere
0: i'm always worried that i will find it hard to navigate so i, I give a little bit of a shit but i've never actually had like a time where i censored myself or i was like oh i have to think about whether to be honest or you know, say what I really think. So I always worry that like, I should, I should be censoring myself. I should be worried about that more than I am. But then I haven't figured out, I I feel like with podcasting, like you either draw the line at not podcasting or not talking about anything personal Mm. or you just say what you really think because it's so hard. Like a blog, at least you can go back and remove details that you're like nervous about sharing or whatever, but a podcast, you can't do that on the fly. So you either do it or you don't. And so I've, I've just taken the approach of, you know, yeah, basically saying what I really think. Maybe there's maybe there might have been like a few topics that we floated amongst us that we decided not to do. Maybe for reasons of like, I don't want to get that personal. or I don't I think I would say something that would get me in trouble or Mm. something like that. But once we're in the topic, I don't I can't censor myself once once the episode starts.
2: Have you, have you ever collectively agreed to redact something from a podcast so you've gone, oh, that's it, we've gone too far?
0: No. Uh, no. <laughs> I think there might have been, like, one phrase that one of us used that we – either we redacted it or we didn't and we sh- thought we should have. I can't remember which it is. <laughs> <laughs> But
2: uh, yeah, obviously, cuz seeing seeing as you're all still here and uh, not in not in Guantanamo Bay wearing fashionable yeah. orange slippers, I can only assume that uh, if it went in, it wasn't the problem you thought it might be.
0: No, yeah. I think I think there was one phrase one of us used that that we removed. And it was just naming a specific person, a famous person, like and not a psychologist, but just like yeah, being kind of negative about a celebrity and then we decided why why even go there. So. Yeah, fair enough. But that's it. Like, literally one time I think we, we removed one thing.
2: I'll I t- I tell you something I, I think that happens with this. I, I, there's an awful lot of kind of silence culture in academia proper. There is a lot of the time something that is not really propagated by gentlemen anymore. but used to be called a gentleman's agreement. It's the, 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 mm-hmm. the idea that, shit, you don't talk out of school, you know? You don't, yeah, you yeah. don't. You don't bring that up. And- I think that's honestly a resistance point to people trying to trying to think about doing the, this format for themselves. They don't yeah. want to be involved in a conversation that they feel like is exposing them to. They can never tell you right. what they're being exposed to, right, but, right. <laughs> but they well, don't the want to be exposed thing,
0: to it. I mean, I think it, I understand that feeling completely. And I, what's interesting to me is like when I thought about it, I thought, I was like, I'm nervous about my role as an editor of a journal and thinking, is it weird for an editor of a journal to have a podcast or to tweet, including like to have a Twitter account that's mostly scientific, but then occasionally it's political or personal or whatever. And I mean, I worry about that anyway, but I I don't know why and I can't explain. Yeah, there's no rational reason why it would be less okay for an editor of a journal to do that. (laughs) Like, I don't, you know, it's not like that important of a position that I need to like be cloistered or whatever. But that's what, in the back of my mind, that's the role that I am worried is in conflict with being a public, whatever, like talking in public about science. But then I think about, okay, well, would it be easier to do if I was earlier in my career? If I didn't have those roles, I think, no, then I'd be worried about like getting a job or getting tenure. So that's what's weird about it is I think you feel like, oh, well, in, at my stage of the career, it's not a good idea. But actually, there, you, there's reasons to worry about it at every stage of the career. And also those reasons are probably overblown. In all cases, shit. Yeah. Okay. Are you still there? The cat just walked across <laughs> my keyboard.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a real it's a real shame people can't see this. Is that <laughs> the, the cat continually playing interference? i I'm watching Samin say something sensible, and then suddenly juke to the left as the paw comes out with the right cross. <laughs> uh, I'm vaguely jealous because my, my, my cat spends an awful lot of time sitting in the corner resenting me. He doesn't um,
0: like podcasting with
2: you. Um. He doesn't like podcasting because I sit up. If I was lying flat down on the couch, and yeah, he could he went, kind of yeah. sit on me like he owned me,
0: yeah, yeah. and
2: um, and like pur- purr directly into my ear, and occasionally bite my hair because I, yeah. I never, I never, never said he wasn't weird. <laughs> um, he's definitely, he's definitely got uh, more than a few neurons that just run in little loops for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you, would you recommend, uh, would you, would you recommend this to uh, an ECR in general? Well, as a I mean, format, as a project,
0: it feels weird to answer that question while talking to you. Um, I think you guys have shown that it's yeah. I don't know. I think I think it can be great even for an ECR. Yeah, like I don't. I do think like it's riskier as a, as an ECR. I think. I don't know what what do you think? You should answer that question. No, I don't know what what special insight I have into that. I th- I think. Uh,
2: the, w- one thing i'm i'm convinced in many respects when we're, we're looking out and go well, what if someone sees me doing the funny thing what if what if what if this isn't congruent with how i'm supposed to be seen mm-hmm. i am quite convinced that no one's watching yeah i'm quite convinced that nobody really cares I think but now, now you know that really that's cares true, what right? you do sorry
0: you know that's not true. You know a lot of people listen to your podcast.
2: I don't mean that in the, in the literal sense. I mean yeah, there's yeah. no one out there. I mean there's no one out there keeping score. Uh-huh. I know there's no one out cro- no one out there crossing you off a list because you did the wrong thing. Yeah. Because you're 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 somehow you know the, the whole, that's it that's it. They've broken the mold. They're too young yeah. to be able to do that. He's not allowed yeah, yeah, to yeah. wear that colored that that that, that color of trousers. Yeah. He has to go well, and, and, and al- sit in the corner.
0: And also compared to like the data thug stuff you do, podcasting is pretty mild, right? Right.
2: that's pretty public um and you know the pick up on that is i mean people people from home i haven't talked to for years right and sort of like i was reading the guardian and you were there and i go yeah, yeah i'm as confused as you are mate, yeah. um <laughs> yeah. but it's um that's the stuff that's the stuff which really does pop up mm-hmm. um so it's very hard to – uh, there's a certain personality type where it's very hard to convince you you're doing anything wrong. You go, like, I mm. really thought this through and I'm pretty sure this is a good idea. And yeah. um, I've got to go with that whole courage of my convictions bullshit right, and right, right. see what happens. Yeah. Um, the worst thing that can happen is that absolutely no one will pay attention. But
0: right. Yeah. Know, That's kind of what I what I've learned. And I was shocked, yeah, like in the last few years that – yeah, like, I've had to go against people's advice to, like, not, you know, and I haven't rocked the boat nearly as much as you have, but even the little things I've done, I've gotten quite a bit of advice not to do some of them, that it was, like, too risky and so on, and and luckily I did them, and I'm pretty sure those people were wrong, and I think they were sincere, I think, you know, people want to kind of make sure you don't, like, yeah, ruin your career or whatever, but I think that the lesson for me is that these worries about ruining a career through you know communicating with the public and so on i think i think that's unlikely if you if you actually believe what you're saying and you've thought it through like i wouldn't worry about the risk unless you unless you're unsure about the content then worry about the risk but if it's just hmm. about the like politics of it and so on like that stuff yeah life's too short to censor yeah. yourself for those reasons
2: Someone told me something that uh, I I, I don't get lots of really good advice. Um, I don't know why Uh, people have a tendency not to try and hand it out or something. But someone told me once years ago, I was worried about how something might be seen. And – I think actually this was in the aftermath of that great paper by Ed Vall, which I think was 2008 or 2010, which is mm-hmm. basically, hey, social neuroscience, you know, you fucked it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very, very big news at the time. It was all amid psychology department on the other side of the world and everyone had heard of the damn thing. Yeah. Someone said something like, it might have even been me, but I can't remember. Uh, do you think this is going like, to hurt his Prospects is, is going to talk, and someone who was a much more senior professor said something very close to, if not exactly, the same as, you only need one job.
0: Yeah, hmm, that's interesting.
2: You you don't need you don't need more than one. And if if he's right, and he very much appears to be right, and this is a problem, it's not talking out of school. There's going to be someone who values it somewhere. There's probably going to be lots of people who value yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. You don't need to be everybody's best friend. You don't need no. to continually keep options open. Jobs right. and positions are binary. Right. You've got it you've got it or you don't. There's not a lot of people in sort of oh I'm two days here and three days here. There's no right, sort of yeah. half jobs. No one's yeah. it's no one's cleaning fucking toilets. Either you're you're in a you're in a position where what you're doing is valued or you're mm-hmm. not in a in a position and, at all. And
0: that's I think a lot of people if, a lot of people also don't think about the costs of not speaking out. Like if you notice something and you don't say something, you have to live with that. And that's not necessarily easy either. Like I think that it's so easy to think of the potential costs of speaking out, but there are real costs to knowing that you're not doing the right thing or you're not, you know, oh, yeah. that you're sitting on something that feels wrong to you.
2: Yeah, especially if you're a participant in a system that's antithetical to human progress. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that might occasionally get you thinking in the shower. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You know, <laughs> at least it'd, 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 it'd get to me at some point. Yeah. Oh, I think my I'll favorite
0: a- piece of advice, it turns out, was from Mark Twain, I think, but I heard it from uh, Yuichi Shoda, and he said, when in doubt, do the right thing. I think oh. I just keep coming back to that. Like When there's all kinds of reasons pushing you in one direction or another, the most important reason to do something is that you think it's the right thing. And if you're on the fence and then there's a clear answer to that part of the dilemma, then do that. Right.
2: That would, yeah, that that'd certainly make the Bible a lot shorter, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Genesis one. If in doubt, do the right thing. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, that reminds me of the Australian Bible, which is uh, slightly, it's probably slightly too rude to put into them. <laughs> yeah, um, let me ask. Let me ask you some boring questions. You want some boring no, questions? Sure. What kind of what kind of what kind of setup have you got to re- record this stuff? I mean, lots of people Uh, might want to think about doing the podcast thing. What do you think you need?
0: I don't think you need very much at all. In my case, I have no technical skills. Um, I think that Sanjay and Alexa have a little bit more than me, but not a lot. Sanjay, maybe a medium amount more than me. So we each record our own sound on a QuickTime file. Um, We each have a microphone. Like, mine costs 50 bucks on Amazon. Um, You need headphones. Uh, Yeah, I bought Alexa some nice headphones or maybe about her. I can't remember. One of her birthday presents was either microphone or headphones because she was getting less high quality noise than than us. So, yeah, like, you know, 50 bucks for a microphone, however much you want to spend on headphones, QuickTime. And then I think Alexa. So Alexa does the editing. I think she uses. I'm not even going to guess. I don't know. Something that was already on her computer. I don't think she paid for any software or anything. Yeah, you don't have to. I want to say GarageBand, but I don't. I don't know if that's right. You
2: can, you can, you can do it in that. I'll tell yeah. you what we've got. We've both got these. Is the thing here, which is mm-hmm. uh, what uh It's a snowball. It's a snowball ice. Uh-huh. It's uh, almost exactly the same as yours. Yours is slightly more flash. The Headphones that mm-hmm. well, I've had. We've we've not made this point for a few guests, and we had problems with this. But you absolutely one hundred percent must have headphones. Um, mm-hmm. I use the cheapest ones possible for the reason that it really doesn't matter and a lot of the time I end up lugging my shit around is I that because Dan's
0: good- not very loud like if if someone was loud though wouldn't the mic pick up the sound from your headphones if you have earbuds
2: yes uh no earbuds earbuds are better because you turn the sound right down and they're they're right the whole way and trust me we've tried this with i've tried this with sennheiser studio headphones and with other things i like the earbuds best of all they also interfere less with your ability to hear yourself talk yeah because they don't have the whole and that if you modulate your voice properly it's super super annoying to have the cans on the whole way. it's why whenever Mm -hmm. you see singers in a vocal booth and they've got feedback on at the same time an awful lot of the time they've got um, they've got one microphone cup off. Yeah. So you're you're attending you're attending in two different directions, and yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of the time I have I have uh, an earbud out, mm-hmm. but they inter they don't because it feels it feels really strange, and if it doesn't feel natural, it's going to sound like shit. Yeah. Um, I do my pro- we do our own processing because it's not a, a problem. I've done some audio stuff over the years in a variety of contexts. So I use Audacity, mm-hmm. to. Bump up my dulcet tones into something that's a little bit more regular and mm-hmm. straightforward. Um, equalization, compression, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but that's literally it. Uh, yeah. We've had pl- have you you've, you've you guys have had a few guests, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: you yeah, had
2: anyone record out of a, a phone or a computer microphone or anything like that?
0: I don't remember. There have been. Hmm. I don't think so. We've had a few technical problems. Like, yeah, there were times when someone forgot headphones or when our quick time yep. files didn't save so we had to use a Skype backup or things like that um so yeah the yeah. quality i mean we used to get emails about the quality of our audio <laughs> and i was like yeah i get it like if it was i don't know we've made small adjustments to try to make it better but we're also yeah some like,
2: some of those are from me i wanted it to <laughs> sound good oh yeah I, uh, I i wrote to i wrote to sanjay relatively early on and yeah. um it was so it was good, and you it all it all it all changed, and then mm. every, now everything's fine. It's just it, it, the 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 problem is what people expect. It becomes a distraction, especially if something's tinny, right? Right. You right. know, and then you learn not to breathe on the microphone and spit too much. I et cetera, haven't et learned how to do
0: that yet. Apparently, oh. I breathe on the microphone <laughs> all the
2: time. So basically, basically, the learning curve the learning curve is pretty fucking non-existent. You really don't need much. Yeah. Right
0: through to it. Right? Yeah, so we got our logo from like a free you know non copyrighted so Our logo is just this thing this artist did that and put on the internet and let anybody use same with our theme song um sure we, i think we i bought the domain name i think that was my contribution there you go the technical stuff it's,
2: in in other words so if there's a broader point to all of this the barrier of entry is fuck all yeah it really is yeah um especially considering the, the the literal best thing you can do to make it sound better no matter how you're recording it is um learn how to manage audio properly
0: mm-hmm.
2: pretty painless huh yeah yeah, um, it's just. Uh, I wonder if there's resistance from some people about uh, the 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 idea that when they when they talk, it won't sound compelling or or, or good or sort of focused. They're mm-hmm. worried that they'll lose the the thread of what they're talking about.
0: Mm, that's interesting. I don't worry about that, even though that I'm like known i have like a reputation for long silences and like awkward (laughs) lack of talking in general and so you would think that if anybody was going to be worried about hosting a podcast it would be me but i mean finding the right co-host is important so know your weaknesses and find co-hosts who compliment yeah
2: how do you know you've you've you guys are there's three of you on a podcast and you and you you have a that's a that's a triple header. I think the 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 two up is much more common. What's yeah. your what's your do you have a broader opinion on co-hosts? Because I have a very strong opinion on this, but I think yours is more interesting.
0: No, I don't. I don't have one. I don't think I haven't really thought about it. Um, I feel bad for people who can't tell me and Alexa's voice apart. You and Dan are easy because of the content of what you say. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> think I could tell, tell your voice you apart words. if you were forced to say the same thing in the same tone of voice. But I can always tell who's saying what
2: oh wow sorry you sound completely dissimilar um whoever's saying that is yeah uh, interesting all all allegedly white people look the same to me (laughs) oh my god okay um so what do you think about
0: the number of co-hosts sorry what what do you think about the number of co-hosts
2: oh um strong
0: opinion number
2: number is i think four four is unwieldy Uh uh-huh have you ever to four people because you you end up with you end up with cross talk and people getting talked out. There's actually not enough time. Yeah. Um to, there's not enough time in a normal conversation to fit four people in. Yeah. Um and I would never try to I would never try to do one by myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think one on one on one one on one interviews. I mean, we're doing one. Yeah. But um <laughs> the The idea that it would be just me anchoring the center of it the whole time, mm-hmm. basically, I don't think anyone's that interesting.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: I don't think I don't think I'd do a solo podcast, even with even with great guests and good production and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that people listen to podcasts for a sense of community and interaction. Yeah. There's an element of that that has to be present. Yeah. So I am very, very definitely on team co-host and yeah. i do not listen to any podcasts that are run by just one a sing a single person he's uh, going out and uh, going out and shaking things down yeah it's just a, a, a lot of the time if, if people are going to listen more than once they feel like they know you and mm-hmm. the, they, they feel like they define you in the relationship to other people i feel like anyone who anyone who listens to what you're it, it, you end up with a job interview style situation when you're doing that all the time mm-hmm. and it becomes like your your control over something is not, it's not interactive anymore. It becomes mm-hmm. this weird sort of point to point interaction. So it doesn't even really feel like a, a podcast. It's not sort of like a series of interviews. Mm-hmm. Um and I cannot stand those things like the Alex Jones style where there's just one person yelling in a room about <laughs> shit. I mean, not mm. even necessarily Alex Jones, who is, mm. is mad because he yeah. thinks that all frogs are ducks and the, the <laughs> color the colour beige is gay for tissues and, and the, the entire entire world is, is yeah, technically crazy. yeah. There's yeah. Um that that style doesn't work unless you're a demagogue, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a demagogue would do a very good science podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, might, probably not.
2: I, I, mean- I, I, might, I might be wrong <laughs> yeah. at one point in time. Yeah, well, I, I someone gets himself a fan club and you start believing your own <laughs> bullshit. I think you're going to do a genuinely terrible sort of uh, a genuinely terrible transfer of information. Yeah, I mean, that gets people.
0: to like another question, which is what makes... What, how do you know if a podcast is a good podcast? Like, is, is having a lot of mm. listeners the goal? Like, I feel weird about that. That's... Do you even know how many do
2: listeners? Do you even know how many listeners you have? I don't. We checked for the first time last week.
0: Oh, yeah. How do you yeah. know? Or oh, you do you know, do you know the number of downloads, or do you know the number of regular listeners?
2: Uh, yes, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. No, it's not number of downloads. It's number of total listens because we we like SoundCloud as a platform. It's easy to use. It's very straightforward. Okay. And I don't even have so it's access to it. I to get. I had to get Dan to tell me. Um, a lot of we don't have a lot of physical subscribers. We no. just sort of fling things through the site most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have a better setup for that, but I think our lifetime listens crossed fifty thousand the other week. Nice. And I wanted to do a celebration, but we forgot
0: because <laughs> yeah.
2: kind of, it's kind of it's kind of not the point. You, yeah. You're throwing it yeah. out, and you hope people come to the party. Right. All we've ever really wanted to focus on is like doing the next one properly. Yeah. You know, and that's all you. That's all you get a lot of the time. Just, yeah. do, just do the next one properly. Everything that'll take care of itself.
0: Do you ever worry about selling out? Like, do you worry that like you're gonna be obsessed with like getting more and more listeners, and then you're gonna pander to like what would get you more listeners rather than what the mission was initially?
2: It's, it's never crossed my mind. Yeah. I'm too much of a prick to be that considerate to large numbers yeah, of people, right. maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the key to making it fun. People can't see, people can't see you that.
2: laughing at me on the audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were saying the key to making it fun.
0: Well, yeah, I think, I think like anything else, right, you can get too caught up in the metrics. And if you start doing it to try to maximize the number of people, right, like, I don't know, it depends what you're going for. But if you want to do anything even a little bit controversial or edgy or whatever... You shouldn't try to maximize the number of people who like you or listen to you because that's going to be boring, right? I mean, I yeah, don't for know. sure. What,
2: what if what if you have a, what if you have a tiny audience to start with? Most most people who listen to us are early career yeah. people. Um, the vast majority of them appear to be uh, masters, PhD, and postdoc mm-hmm. people, and. So, I think a while ago we started thinking of it in terms of like this, this is, this is a, like a scientific issues podcast. It's largely mm-hmm. listened to by ECR people. And that's yeah. kind of just how it turned out. But as yeah. it turns out, I really like those people. Yeah. I, I like, the, I like the messages that they send. I yeah. like the fact that it's, you know, they want to have a conversation about the same kind of shit. So, yeah. I, I cannot go out into the world and, produce anything that someone from michigan in the 40 to 45 demographic will ever give one single solitary hot buttered fuck about right it's just absolutely no latitude within that it's gonna have to be who it's for
0: right i mean i think this is just a, a lesson in life in general that like you should care more about the quality of the people who like you than the quantity right like I care a lot more if the people who I most respect and want and think highly of what they think of me than what the other 90% think of me. And I would want the same for podcasts. Like I don't, yeah. yeah. And I think because you're getting into the world of media and downloads and clicks and stuff, it's, it could be tempting to start caring about, yeah, more eyeballs or whatever the Mm. audio equivalent of eyeballs is. Um, but, yeah, I feel, I feel the same way you do. That like I like <laughs> the fact that the people who listen and who write us and so, so on are, are people I'm really proud to, like, have their ear. Um, and I care more about that than, than yeah, appealing to certain. Whatever. For sure.
2: I, but look, this is – I was saying – I don't know if we recorded this. I was saying right before we started. I'm huge on – one of the central reasons that I wanted to do this is that I'm huge on people who are in science, who are making – media forms for science mm-hmm. cuz a lot of psychom stuff fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. I do not need someone to read press releases and go, "Oh wow, aren't quasars interesting? Anyway, here's some social psychology." It's not that's that's news about science.
0: Yeah.
2: It's not the 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 structure, the guts, the issues yeah. within. You yeah. know, I was thinking of it more in terms of like a trade publication for something. Right. No one else is, no, who's not a civil engineer is reading civil engineering monthly. Yeah. You know, it's like a quality, quality of steel and girders and shit. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of broad appeal. It fucking doesn't and it never yeah. will. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah. And if you wanted to do SciComm, then I think both of us would have chosen a completely different format. Right. You know, you would have yeah. gone with something else, tried to get a media partner, tro- yeah. d- chosen completely different topics because yeah. people who aren't, no one who's, he's not a scientist gives a fuck about meta science stuff. Right.
0: A lot I of think scientists that's why... don't
2: care about meta science stuff. It's complicated. Yeah.
0: I think it didn't occur to me to do a podcast because I thought podcasts were more in that psychom category of like, mm. for people sure. who want to, if your goal is to like, like TED talks or popular books or, you know, editorials and major newspapers stuff like that like if that's the audience you want to reach I thought that's why you would do a podcast otherwise yeah just write a blog that you know 30 people will read and that that's the 30 people you really care about reaching and so on but but it turns out I do think yeah I think the podcast is more like what I imagine the blog being it's more like for your peers and in group and so on and it's nice to have that yeah yeah
2: it's um, there's there's yeah, and like I said, there's something for for people who don't have that in their normal life. Mm-hmm. It's hugely normalizing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially, look, I've not listened to I've listened to about half of the goat episodes
0: mm-hmm.
2: in total, and I like your kind of vox pops letters thing, yeah, because it's not it's not just the fact that it, it throws up all sorts of shit you might not ask or tell to other people. And I don't necessarily always agree with the answers of the questions that yeah, you guys yeah. give because you're all very cautious, level-headed people. And <laughs> let's give me my full due. I am a bombastic <laughs> prick. So the answers diverge, but I like, <clears throat> I like the fact that there's a resource for people to do that.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's not as if you can run out of questions.
0: Yeah. So actually before the podcast, we were going to do, I guess it would be a blog, but it was going to be a website where people write in for advice and we give them like serious, but hopefully humorous advice. So that was the incarnation before the podcast. So when, and I, I think I was, I was pretty excited about that. So when Sanjay came up with the podcast idea, I was like, can we combine it with the advice column idea and do those together? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do, what, is, there, is there a podcast format run by anyone in particular? Is there something that you'd really like to see? Do you have like an idealized... You, I mean, you obviously don't spend a lot of time listening to them. Yeah. But is there something that could compel you to?
0: That's a good question. I think I'm just not... I, my mind wanders when I try to listen to things. So podcasts just aren't the ideal medium for me because I can't focus on audio information. I oh, often have enough. to rewind and like play it again, um, but I mean, I think humor goes a long way. So your podcast is the basically the only one I listen to because I think the humor hey. keeps me engaged.
2: <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's not for I'm, as we've had occasionally had conversations about me dialing shit down, and I've occasionally no, promised do to do that, don't and do I've that. occasion and I've occasionally not done it at all. <laughs> um, the, the thing that the thing that we found oddly enough is that we when we started out is that if it was a I occasionally lose my shit completely, yeah. and we always thought we always thought that that would be a problem and I go, oh yeah, I suppose you're right, I suppose I should probably behave myself and et etc et etc and then it turns out those ones end up like bumping up people write to you, they go that was hilarious, you go hilarious, yeah. I was having a meltdown i don't, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember half of it, it was the, the whole yeah. world went red i didn't know where I was yeah. um but People people liked it. I yeah. had no idea that was gonna happen. It just sort of it just yeah. sort of evolved.
0: I think that um, if you're gonna do a podcast you have to be prepared to like show whatever that side of you is. So I don't have that that side of me the same way you do. But like being prepared to show whatever the more human side of you that you wouldn't normally show. Like if you were in your department at a faculty meeting you wouldn't show. Right. I think that's what makes it worth listening. Is like you're, the hosts have to be willing to like be a little bit more real. Yeah, and if that yeah, includes yeah, yeah. humor, that's even better. But, I,
2: I'd suppose that that might be that might be one of the resistance elements that people have to it. Is yeah. I actually have to be. I mean, papers are awfully impersonal. Fuck, it's hard right. to guess like the the personality and intentions of someone from actually reading scientific material. Yeah. It's yeah. not voiced anymore yeah Yeah. a part of me loves reading papers from the 50s and 60s because of my work crosses over into cardiology so i get to read classical physiology papers all the time and i really like them because a lot of them are written in i mean you can't really do research like this anymore but the actual structure of the paper has a conversational style to it that i really fucking like yeah and it's it's much easier to read, and you feel like some of them have got sort of asides and jokes and dry humor and shit yeah, like yeah. that. And I kind of I kind of dig that. So yeah. maybe maybe if that's the maybe maybe uh, there's there's people out there who are like looking to get started into some kind of media format. Maybe that's maybe that's how they feel like they'd rather personalize the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Because you, you certainly don't get... I mean, it, it, when you when you write a scientific document, you are writing to other people. But mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing of you that yeah. is in this thing that is so important to your career with your name on the fucking front. It's like the exact opposite of a lot of forms of fiction. It's even the exact opposite of a, a lot of forms of uh, popular long-form nonfiction.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Where a lot of it has like a strong author voice. Science has the exact opposite. Even when you've got a particular barrow that you want to push. I mean, if you're writing a narrative review, Mm -hmm. the idea that you can say something that you personally feel obvious and it's about evidence. But part of it is about how you choose to present the evidence. And in your presentation, there is none of you.
0: No, yeah. And let's be honest, in some cases, that's for the better. (laughs) So, like... You know, as a personality psychologist, if I'm thinking about who should do a podcast, the, like, glib answer is people with entertaining and good personalities, right? Like, you wouldn't want... Oh, it's a form of media, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely not for everybody, and, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting for me to say this because I don't think I have a particular entertaining personality, especially, I think I can do it a little bit better in writing than I can speaking, but... Yeah, I think you have to think about what you're going what it's going to do is it's going to amplify your personality. And if your personality is relatively neutral, then amplifying that is going to be pretty boring. So find like <laughs> or yeah, so I think think about like whether you have something quirky about yourself or something that yeah, would just be like mildly entertaining or interesting to people. Those would be the people I think who would make good podcast
2: hosts. Yeah. It's a I'd say I got I got two answers to the like what what uh what podcast would you definitely listen to if there was if there if there was one yeah a podcast with two like grumpy old people who didn't give a fuck like super old like (laughs) is this thing on So sort of like old, old stories talking shit like an old, an old people podcast yeah. or old scientists especially because some yeah. of them are such bitchy old queens. I love them. <laughs> I love them. It could be absolutely if – there's, if there's two – I wanted to know actually we just re- recorded an episode yesterday in the anticipation of the baby yeah, right. making. Um, so, we've got, a, we've got kind of a buffer now. Yeah. And the last question that I asked, I don't know what order these will go out in so maybe I'll fuck this up completely now. But something that I really wanted to know, who's our oldest – listener Hmm. that's super interesting i know there's a fucking million people who are somewhere between sort of uh 21 and 29 yeah right i want to know who the oldest listener is i want to send them some kind of prize and then and then i want them to start their own podcast called the cranky old Fuck science half hour (laughs) i would listen the hell out of that um the other one i'd really like is if there was like a quit lit Podcast mm-hmm. where every time someone blows up and there's another one of these little blogs traveling around, like the actual physical experience of mm-hmm. this vocational decision that all these people have chosen to do is now either unattractive, untenable, or ruining my fucking life. Yeah. And yeah. someone who wanted to chase that down and put that as a because these things get super super amplified a grad student quits and writes a blog and you've sort of been looking at the the attention okay this thing must have hundreds of thousands of impressions people yeah. really seriously give a shit about that and as people who haven't quit and can't really sort of chase that stuff down um probably a bit difficult to chase yeah an, an ex academy sort of topic mm-hmm. podcast
0: that yeah. would be cool yeah, that makes me think, like, I think what I'm most curious about, but also scares me a lot about podcasting, is is learning about people's personal lives, which is something, like, I think that we we try to walk a fine line on The Black Goat about, like, doing some episodes where they're a little bit more about our personal lives, but not doing that too much because we want, don't want it to become about us. But, like, having guests each week who are willing to actually talk about like the hard stuff in their personal lives. Like how do they decide whether or not to get married or have kids or make a sacrifice in their relationship for their career or for, in their career for their relationship or, yeah,
2: or, or move. Yeah.
0: So actually our next black go is going to be about moving. Oh um, uh,
2: yeah. yeah. It's a big one.
0: Yeah. But so all of these things, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated. Like I find those decisions, so hard i don't understand like and then to me it's bizarre that we don't talk openly about the fact that those decisions are so hard like i i get that they're very personal and so on and i have my reason you know i'm reluctant to talk about about it super openly but i would be fascinated by a podcast where like each week it's a different person talking about like major forks in the road that they've experienced and how they made those decisions including Mm. personal ones not just professional ones
2: yeah yeah that's a there's a a clinical it's a clinical psych person who's a good got some good active listening shit going on who themselves is kind of a f- former researcher that is uh yeah you would yeah the, the 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 tubes would be burning with people to 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 get to hear about that
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I, I wrote something about I wrote a actually I've got like half a book that's finished on this this is just sort of advice for phd yeah students. I heard you mention um, that
0: on, on a podcast I'm excited to Read that when it comes out.
2: It's I it I, I wrote a blog post as a a while ago now, so mm-hmm. maybe a couple of couple of years, maybe not quite that long. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of like general advice for PhD students. Mm-hmm. Shit, shit that I thought shit that I picked up in Boston because mm-hmm. especially this town is fucking heaving every time you turn over a rock yeah. there's an early career researcher yeah. so you have a, a lot way way more than most people of contact with people who are in industry and in it's kind of half industry at research mm-hmm. institutes at proper teaching institutes because there's fucking a lot of these places in town They got more universities and teeth on some streets mm-hmm. it's just it's an educationy kind of town it's a place that people move to to do this shit they mm-hmm. move to to the study they move to to work etc etc so mm-hmm. i wrote this thing and I don't track th- metrics of things I've written super closely, mm-hmm. but this did more, even than some of my sort of fitness industry stuff where there's been plenty of attention. This mm-hmm. did more reads than anything else I've written mm-hmm. in two days. Yeah. In two fucking days. It just, and, and back then, I was not on Twitter. Yeah, I just wrote it and stuck it out, and thought people might find this useful. Yeah, and it went absolutely apeshit. It was up to sort of eight to eight to nine thousand impressions in a day. Yeah, for something that had no promotion, that was just I just went publish yeah, yeah, yeah. and left it.
0: Yeah, no, there's I think this there's huge a huge hole yeah.
2: we're navigating life, especially for because no one tells PhD students shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, I mean, you you probably do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I tell my own students, yeah, like, they ask me a lot of questions, and I'm, I think I'm pretty transparent with them about what it's like to be a professor and things like that. Um, but it is, I don't know, yeah, like, I'm trying to figure out why it's scary to talk more publicly about it. Like, why, why is it considered weird? Like, even when someone gets divorced, there's, like, whispers about it. Why is that something to whisper about? Why not, why don't people talk about those things? I guess, I mean, part of it is, like, often it involves other people's lives, too. So you have to think about, like, how you talk about your life without violating other people's privacy. But, yeah, I don't know. And maybe it's just me. Like, I have, I have a thirst for that kind of – I want to know the backstory. Like, all the people I interact with on Twitter, I want to know, like, are they in love? Are they lonely? Are they happy? Are they – have they had their heart broken? Did it interfere with their work? You know, all this stuff about like how the personal interacts with the professional.
2: Right. You wouldn't be one of those personality researchers, would you? <laughs> yeah.
0: <right>. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> I was reading a thread about like how what happens what a lot of women experience after giving birth and like how people don't talk about it and i was reading this thread with like a lot of details and then my friend called me and she gave birth recently and she like i was asking her how she's doing and she's like kind of hemming and hawing and i was like well did this and this and this happen to you because i heard that happens and she was like yeah i was kind of embarrassed to say it but and i was like yeah it's crazy like i had no idea until this twitter thread what some of the things women face when they recover from childbirth are Mm. these are like our colleagues that were like emailing a week after childbirth and asking them to do something and we have no idea what situation they might be in yeah so there's all these things like i know that the personal maybe doesn't belong at work but at the same time like we make a lot of demands on each other as colleagues and so on and not knowing what's going on in each other's lives is a little weird too i don't know where the yeah. line is though
2: it's you well you, you, yeah, you, you end up with a lot of factors mixed into that kind of shit. So yeah. the, the the general 100% on always going workload leads you to make assumptions about the availability of other people. Mm-hmm. But universities are also famously protective of, you know, you've got all this stuff in Title IX, you can't say this. And here's the official language yeah, policy yeah. on and how something works. And we're we going to have an investigation. And it's mm-hmm. all, it, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the openness that some commercial relationships uh, end up having, especially yeah. that small businesses end up having. a lot of time, people people know tons yeah. of shit about each other. They manage to navigate their collective life yeah. under the uh, under under no formal sort of agreement structure whatsoever.
0: Yeah
2: um you know also you don't you don't want to be invasive you want to kind of leave shit alone but also there's also an awful lot of academics who are vaguely robotic half people yeah, right. who just expect you to turn shit out like yeah. you know, even people that they work with closely mm-hmm. when have you produced the thing that i right, require right. oh for fuck's sake right, right you know i just lost one of my legs in a freaky yachting <laughs> accident i'm rocking around in my fucking stumps here yeah. just give me give me a minute.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. So, I just made the appointment to put my dog down, so I know what day I'm going to put her down and oh, so it's been wow. interesting like when I was emailing with people about like scheduling things around that time, like do I mention like well, and for a while I wasn't sure what day it would be. And so I don't know, like if someone just asked me to review something for a conference and I said no, then they asked me again and I said no. And then I was like, at what point do I say like by the way, there's like a couple of reasons why right now like you're not going to get me to say yes? Um. <laughs> oh
2: christ yeah so yeah it's a, yeah, it's a matter of do, so you, do, you, know do you do you tell them or not yeah. um, when something really major i think people are quite open when there's it's totally unavoidable I, mm-hmm. this happened recently working on a project i need to get some data and mm-hmm. uh the collaborator wrote back and said my father's just died like badly and unexpectedly mm-hmm. um i've got other things going on right yeah. now yeah. it's like i'm pushing the button on this because there's no way there's no way you're getting around there's right. no way of getting around something like that, right. so you end up with this, this uneasy negotiation thing. is part of It's part of everything. Shit, we're in the middle of the uneasy negotiation podcast right now. Is my <laughs> co-host and my co-host is at the hospital yelling "push." <laughs> yeah.
0: <right>. Yep. <sighs> God
2: yeah. damn. Um. All right, we have uh, we have questions that we ask everyone because we think they're fucking hilarious and we really like the answers to. Okay. Seeing as we're going. On and on now. This is this is what happens when I don't have someone waving a goddamn clock <laughs> at me. Um, I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you the two that are my f- personal favorite, and then we can knock this on the head and actually go and pretend we do our jobs all day. Okay. I mean, do our jobs all day. <laughs> um, all right. Favorite one. Last thing. Last thing you read that you really liked. Hmm. Something is really, really properly significant. And you went. Good gracious me, my lord! Doesn't that doesn't that change shit?
0: work related or either
2: anything Um, anything.
0: last thing I read that I really liked um that's hard I don't read that much I read a lot on my phone so it's hard to think of something substantial enough to warrant that kind of honor um I mean this is yeah, I guess, like, last summer I read a few books. So Zoltan is Understanding Psychology as a Science and then this other one called What Is mm. This Thing Called Science by – I'm forgetting. He has the last name. Chalmers. Alan Chalmers. Um, mm. And, yeah, those two together really, like, yeah, made stretched my mind and helped me. I have to read things, like, six times before they have any chance of sticking. And so reading those two books together helped, like – Get a little bit better grasp of why we do science and what the kind of goals and values and ideas are supposed to be that make science science.
2: Yeah, a lot of people I respect have said that. Uh, what's his name? Zoltan is it Dionys?
0: I think so, yeah.
2: Yeah, an awful lot of people have said that about that book. Yeah, and, uh, enough weird. enough where it's starting to become. This is a little bit like learning to use R. People pissing in my ear about yeah. something such a long period of time. You feel you feel compelled to.
0: Yeah, I still I still haven't given into that one, but but I. I- I'm, I'm close. Uh,
2: it's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing to it. No, I know you, uh, I need to do the, it. I just the you know. the MATLAB to R transition is um, that I'm still in the process of making it a re- relatively long term because I keep the people keep going. Hey, can you do this job? And It's like, oh no, I need time to learn a language. So they're gonna give me a fucking solution to yeah, so right. solve uh-huh. things with the tools that you've got, but yeah. um. Yeah, this uh this that book is e- exactly the same. I think if you haven't read it, if you haven't read it out there, um people are going to be pissing in your ear about that one forever. Yeah. yeah All right. Good. ready second question. Second okay. question shall okay. we do it, Coach yep. Michelle? Um what's something you changed your mind about something recently? Something
0: changed my mind about. Um so the first one that comes to mind is, well, I'm not, yeah, the first one that comes to mind is using lap, letting students use laptops in classrooms. I used to not, and now huh. I do. Right on. Um, yep. That's one. Let me see if I can think of an, a more interesting one than that.
2: No, that's 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 a,
0: that's interesting a more a more mm-hmm. interesting
2: one. So why was it was it not allowed? Because it was an attention thing, and then you changed to like who gives a so shit? What it happened was,
0: there? When I moved, when I was at WashU, I didn't allow laptops in classrooms. Like it was mostly just a personal preference. Like I I felt I liked it better when students weren't on their computers. I felt like it was easier to connect with them when there wasn't like right. the back of a laptop between us, um, and. My when I'm trying to understand a lecture, I do much better if I write, or I don't know, but I feel like I I retain a lot more and I understand a lot better if I'm writing notes by hand. I, I take notes by hand most of the time. I almost never take notes on laptop. I usually print things out if I need to read them closely, etc. So I was just projecting, just like completely being egotistical and saying, well, it's better for me, and so therefore I'm going to make my students do it. Um, <laughs> and at you; it worked okay. Like It wasn't really a problem. And then I moved to Davis, and People said, "Oh, the students will revolt, blah, blah blah." But people had told me that at WashU, and that wasn't the case at all. Like students understood, and on the evaluations, they often said that they appreciated that that rule and so on. So I don't know. I think at Davis, I just didn't want to fight it when I moved here. I was like, "Whatever, I have to pick my battles, and this one just isn't worth fighting." So I sure, caved.
2: but but then no, then then nothing disastrous happened.
0: No, nothing disastrous happened, and like I have to admit, I think the science is not does not suggest that it matters so so i think that it would just be like egotism for me to insist that that this is better that I, they should do it for me like it would just be a personal favor to me to ask the students not to use it <laughs> 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 and i can't justify that yeah well
2: the best personal favor they could do you be listening to your podcast <laughs> yeah. where you can tell them tell them what you really think of them <laughs> yeah damn you out there so mean st- no nah, she never said any of that it's just me being annoying All <laughs> oh, right, okay look uh, let's let's uh, let's 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 knock it on the head All um right. big big double hurts thank you for yeah. coming on oh thank you um, guys yeah, <laughs> this is forever going to be remembered as the goddamn baby podcast <laughs> but you are the reason that we're here um I'm not going to do the thing Dan does where he says, well, everyone's absolutely fantastic. You all know how good you are. If you're not good, go fuck yourself. Uh, (laughs) Hurts out. Peace and love. Bye, everyone.
1: Hey, don't press that stop button because I'm about to reveal the topic for our next episode. But first, a quick reminder that if you want to support the show, we'd love it if you could share links to the show on social media. Our Twitter handle is Hertz Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Podcast. To support us, you can also leave a review on iTunes or a review on our Facebook page, which a few people have been doing recently. Okay, in our next episode, we'll be chatting with Ricard, Carlson, who is the co-chief editor of the brand new Metapsychology Journal. We'll be covering this journal's unique model in that there are no subscription fees or no article processing fees for authors. So in other words, it's free to read and free to submit. We're going to find out how this journal pulls it off, as well as the benefits of their fully transparent review process in which the reviewer's comments are made public and anyone can comment on papers submitted to the journal. This will be released on the 16th of April, so keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Until next time, bye-bye.